Psalm chapter 48, two verses of scripture. I'm reading from the New King James Version today. Psalm chapter 48. Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures and all the depths. Covers things high and low. And then in verse 48, the psalmist writes, fire and hail, snow, had some of that this morning, and clouds, stormy wind, fire and hail, snow and clouds, stormy wind, fulfilling his word. I want to preach to you about the God of seasons today. And I want to tell you that whatever season you're in, if you'll let him, he'll prove to you that he's the God of that season. One more time, would you call upon the name of the Lord and invite him to speak to you, Lord, right now? Talk to us today. Help us today. Speak to our hearts today. God, I pray that you would help us to receive what you would have for us in this room in the next few minutes of our time together. And we will give you praise in Jesus' name. And everybody say amen. You can be seated in Jesus' name. Seasons change. Just a few days ago, we were enjoying an extended fall. Bonfires and sweaters and pumpkin spice did abound. And now in just hours, we have awakened to winter. And the pumpkin spice is gone. You have to shovel out the bonfire, and the hoodies have been replaced with parkas. <laughs> Winter is upon us. And I know if you start a message talking about winter, some people just really get their nose sideways about that. And for that, I apologize. <laughs> but it teaches us in life to exercise what is a biblical principle, and that is that we embrace the seasons. Thank you, two of you. <laughs> and, and that is about like our perspective on life. Because if it had been winter for three months, and the first day where the sun was shining and the birds were chirping and the flowers were budding. And I said, we embrace the season. We would say, "Woo, hallelujah. But there's something about us that we like good seasons. We like comfortable seasons. We like warm seasons. But how many knows that life is made up of multiple seasons? And sometimes you're in a spring, and sometimes you wake up in a winter. And sometimes you're in a winter, and it's a phone call or a move of God that pushes you out into a summer. The Bible says that God has ordained seasons, that seasons and time are all commanded and orchestrated by him. And while I, I don't want to be misunderstood today, I in no way would equate a winter season that was God ordained to anything that could be sin caused or sin produced in a life. 
What do you mean by that, Pastor? Uh, just because somebody made a mistake or somebody messed up or somebody did you wrong or you committed some sin and you're suffering from that, that doesn't mean God puts you in a winter season. No, you made a dumb decision. <laughs> but there is a season that is orchestrated of God. There is a season that is allowed of God. The Bible tells us that God commands the seasons. And the psalmist said that praise is commanded in the seasons. In fact, he said, praise ye the Lord all the earth and to the very depths. If you're reading in the King James Bible, it says uh, uh, not creatures of the deep, but the dragons of the deep. In other words, whatever's down at the, the very bottom of the ocean should praise the Lord, just like everything that is on land should praise the Lord. Let me just throw this out there today. There's nobody without reason to praise God. Everybody's got a reason to praise God. We used to say if you got breath in your body, and that's biblical, let everything that has breath praise the Lord, praise ye the Lord, right? Some people may not even be happy they got breath in their body. If everybody can find some reason to give God praise. But then he says that you ought to praise God through fire. And you ought to praise God through hell. Now, I know we might have some roofers here today that, that thank God for hell. <laughs> but the rest of us spell hell, not H-A-I-L, but H-E-L-L. -L. <laughs> Say it like a southerner. We, we don't like that stuff. Fire, uh, you know, we don't, we don't praise God in fire, right? I mean, maybe if you're talking about the warmth of a fire, the power of the, the spirit, right? But snow and cloudy days and, 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 and stormy winds. But then the psalmist reminds us in this middle of a command of praise that all of these things have the capacity to fulfill his word. That whatever word he has spoken or will speak in your life, that God is able to use the sunshine to fulfill it, uh, but he's also able to use the clouds to fulfill it. And God is able to use the snow to fulfill it, uh, and he's also able to use the heat to fulfill it. And he's able to use uh, the wind to fulfill it, and he's able to use uh, the peace to fulfill it. I've come just to preach to somebody today a simple message and tell you uh, that whatever season of life you are in, uh, you've got to step back and recognize uh, that he is the God of that season. The man who was at the pool, the Bible tells us a story that this man was seemingly stuck in a season for 38 years. For 38 years, he is joined his needs with the needs of others. For 38 years, uh, he has been stuck. For 38 years, uh, he is in the makeshift hospital of the day, gathered uh, literally just around in the open air with other people who are sick and maimed and covered uh, with sores or diseases. He is uh, there with the lame. This is his season. He is powerless in this season. Uh, he is hurting in this season. Uh, he is waiting and waiting and wondering in his season. Uh, and if that was 
wasn't bad enough. He was in a place that the Bible says uh, that an angel from heaven would come down once a year and would stir the water of the pool, would trouble the water. And, and when that would happen, anybody who could jump into the water first would be healed and there would be a miracle take place. But this man couldn't get to the water. And so this man was stuck for 38 years in a season where he was able to imagine what he needed. He was able to see annually what he wanted, but he was stuck short of the season that he had hoped for. He was stuck in a season of desperation. He was stuck in a season of need. Yearly, he would listen to the stirring of the waters and the sounds of rejoicing as someone was healed. But as he watched someone near him be touched, he himself was still needy and he himself was still lame. Isn't it like life uh, sometimes where when you're in sorrow, someone near is rejoicing? When you're struggling, someone else uh, is conquering. Can I just remind you uh, that the Bible charges us as believers. uh, We're not to pull them down to where we're at. In fact, the Bible says the opposite, that we should rejoice when others rejoice. And we should weep when others weep. Now, I've preached about this before. It's a lot easier to weep with somebody who's weeping than it is to rejoice with somebody who's winning. Something about our human nature. We we enjoy somebody else's struggle sometimes in our flesh. Be honest. You don't even have to say amen. Just look at me like I'm lying. I know I'm not. That's why gossip will travel three times around the world before the truth can even tie up its shoes. Bad news travels faster. Bad news sells. Let's look at the news. There's plenty of good news in our world, but you wouldn't know it. I'm not saying the world is problem free, but there's plenty of good stuff going on, and there's plenty of good people left in our world, but you wouldn't know it. But the Bible says... Don't just weep with them when they're weeping, but if they're winning, rejoice with them when they're rejoicing. I thank God the man at the pool didn't give up and have somebody take him home the first two times somebody else got healed and he did that. But he just stayed there embracing his season. Hear me today. Your season is certain, but it is not final. Every year the angel would come, his season would come, and his season would pass, and his hope would come, and hope would be gone. We follow the narrative of Scripture, and we see another woman in a season. We see a woman who perhaps at one point in her life had big hopes and high high hopes and big dreams. And at one point in her life, she probably thought of what her family would be like and what her marriage would be like and what her children would be like. And she probably imagined and she probably 
thought big thoughts about, about how it would be one day and I'm going to have a life like this uh, and my family's going to be like that and everything's going to be put together. Uh, but on this particular day, we pick up her story in Scripture as she is quietly and discreetly carrying her water pot uh, to an ondescript place to draw water uh, in the middle of the day when nobody is going to be around. Uh, she realizes at that moment as she kicks rocks along the dirt of the path uh, that her hope is gone and her season has passed and there's no way she's going to have that life and that marriage and those children and those dreams going to come to pass now. The sparkle that she had in her eye as a child is gone and the hope she had in her heart as a young woman have now faded and she just looks at her own life to be reminded that her life is Hopeless. Her season has passed. She's not just been married one time. She's been married five times. And now she's shacking up with a dude that's not even her husband. And she's got relationship baggage upon relationship baggage upon relationship baggage. And the season of her life seems like it's nothing but disappointment. Nothing but pain. Nothing but Shame, And now she goes to the well in a, in a season of hopelessness, in a season where nothing seems to be working out, in a season where she's, she's so hurt, messed up, looking for love in all the wrong places. There's another man whose season in question in Scripture, we catch a glimpse of his story. This man is, is a pious man. He's a religious man. He's, he's a revered man in his community. He's a, he's a devout man. But yet, as long as he has listened day after day to the teachings of Scripture and the Torah and the endless, endless sermonizing about the law and the customs and all of these things, he's, he's restless. He's a man of old old age but he and this man of old age has has long forgotten the ideas the dreams and the fantasies of his youth uh, of what God could be for him and this was a man hear me today no doubt religious experience had extracted from him the zeal that he once had religious experience had no doubt deadened the fervor and the fire that he once had brothers and sisters today there are some perhaps even in this room that past religious experience might have stolen your zeal or robbed you of your passion and like this man in scripture Nicodemus you look now at faith through a jaundiced set of eyes you look now at faith through a rose-colored set of glasses because of what has been. But yet somehow, in this man's story, he, something has sparked new and fresh in his life. Maybe it was something from the sermon yesterday. Maybe it was something uh, uh, that he heard in the street. Maybe it was a side conversation that he had outside of the synagogue, but something has been awakened in him. Something has stirred his heart uh, and, and he draws his coat over his shoulders and he makes his way through the streets uh, at night, staying off of the beaten path so he won't run into anybody because much like the woman at the well, some Sometimes when you're in a season of waiting, disappointment, and suffering, you really don't want contact with anybody. 
You don't want to have to explain yourself. You don't have to tell a story. You don't want to have to explain how you're why you, you, you were disappointed. But with the sounds uh, of the Judean night all around him, he stumbles through the street at night uh, looking for someone that can answer his question. But yet it seems at his age and his past religious experience uh, that his season is over and his season is past. Hear me today. Whether you look at John chapter 5, the man laying at the pool of Bethesda, or you look at John chapter 4 and the woman that comes to draw water from the well in Samaria, or you look at John chapter 3 and we find Nicodemus, each one of these shares something in common. And that is in their life, it appeared that summer was gone, spring was over, fall had concluded, and winter had set in on a permanent basis. For each one of these stories, it appeared that winter was here and winter was here to stay. The cold, hard reality of life had confronted each of them and it seemed that their season was absolutely their finality. But can I remind you of what the preacher in Ecclesiastes says? If there's a time to be born, a time to die, a time for war, a time for peace, a time to mourn, a time to dance, there are seasons as life. There are seasons in life. But just as certain as we watch the leaves change from green to autumn colors to snowfall in the air, your season doesn't have to be your finality and God can prove to you that he is the God of your season somebody ought to just lift up your voice for a moment and you ought to give God praise right now that he knows where you're at you ought to give God praise that he knows where you're at you can't go back you can't undo I wish there was a reset button I'm preaching to somebody today. I wish there was a reset button. I wish you could press this celestial button, this magical button, and something go back in time and you could get some do-overs. How many would like some do-overs in life? All right, and the rest of you are either asleep or lying. We all want some do-overs. Every one of us would take a few mulligans in life. Every one of us would. We wish we could do that differently. We wish we could go out and set that trajectory, that trajectory differently. We wish we could go back and handle, handle that. That's like the police officer who pulled over the teenage girl who at 11 o'clock at night was driving in reverse all around the streets of her neighborhood, just driving in reverse. And somebody called the police and said, hey, we got a problem here. And they, they sirens come on and they pull her over and they, they, uh, they, they said, uh, Young lady, what's what's going on? What's what's the problem here? And uh, she said, "Well, I, I, I my parents told me I could use the car." And uh, they said, "Why are you why are you driving in reverse all around the neighborhood in circles? You're driving in reverse." She said, "Because I put too many miles on it, and I'm trying to wind them backwards." <laughs> she passed her driving test, but that was about it. <laughs> I wish you could do that, don't you? 
Don't you wish you could throw it in reverse uh, and just go back a few times and just uh, back back some things up in your life? Uh, life doesn't afford us that. Uh, we live in perpetual forward motion. Uh, and the decisions we make are done and over and we deal with their consequences uh, for better or for worse. And, and, and for some I'm preaching to today, you feel like you may have missed the boat. For some uh, that I'm preaching here today, uh, you feel like hope might be lost. For some, uh, I'm reaching to here today you feel like your time has come and, and, and gone your ship has sailed and you're left at the dock you're left at the station but the Lord just sent me here with a simple word to remind you that he is the God of whatever season you're in and not only is he the God of whatever season you're in he is the God of the next season that he wants to lead you into he's not just the God of where you're at but he's the God of where he's taking you Oh, somebody clap your hands and lift your voice. He is not just the God of where you've been, but he's the God of where you're going. He is not just the God of what you've walked through, but he's the God of what you're walking into. He is not just the God of your yesterday, he is the God of your tomorrow. And just as sure as the seasons may change, God has a change for your life. I'm going to lift up your voice and thank him for that right now. Come on all across this room. In the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. When that man at the pool of Bethesda, when he laid there and the angel came down and he was not healed again, you imagine the disappointment. But I'm so glad that when Jesus walked by his way, he let that man know, hey, I operate on a different time clock than you operate on. And for you, it looks like your season is over. But for me, I just need to know one thing. Do you want to be healed? I know for you it looks like hope is gone, but I just need to know one thing. Do you want it to change? Do you want it to be healed? Do you want it to be better? Are you ready for a change in your life? I'm telling you that same God stands over this house today and he says, I know it may look like your season is final and I know it may look like you've eased into the fall, the twilight, the winter of your life but God sent me to tell you it is not over until God says it's over. It is not too late. As long as there is breath in your body, it's not too late. You're not too far gone. Nicodemus said when he came to Jesus he said how can a man be born again when he is old he doesn't get it he doesn't understand it he doesn't comprehend what Jesus is trying to say to him but what Jesus is trying to tell him is Nicodemus your season is not final your season is not set your season is not finished there's another day there's another chance when we think we've gone too far, when we think we've got to the end, God steps in and reminds us, I'm not just the uh, omega, the ending, but I'm the alpha, 
the beginning. I am the Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. I am that which was, that which is, and that which is to come. I am the Almighty God. Can I preach that He is still the Almighty God? And your season is not final. He is the God of every season. Just when you think you've gone too far, Jesus arrives on the scene and said, there's still hope. Just when you think it's over, Jesus shows up and says, I'm still able to do a miracle. Just when you think it's too late, God shows up and says, no, it's right on time. I'm able to heal you and I'm right here in time. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost here today. I'm preaching to somebody. You ought to lift up your eyes. You ought to lift up your head. You ought to take hope. Your season is not over. You are not finished. I'm preaching about the God who snatches victory from the jaws of defeat. I'm preaching about a God that is able to resurrect. A God who's able to pluck the firebrand right out of the fire. A God who is able to reach into a prison and pull out a praiser. I'm telling you, there's a God that is not just the God of the beginning, but he is the God of the beginning again. He is the God of second chances. He is the God of starting over. He is as long as there is heaven, as long as there is time, earth, and season, there is a God who is able to move you from winter into spring. There is a God that is able to reach where you're at. Hmm. Just like that woman at the well. He's able to reach where you're at. He's able to meet you where you're at. When she first looks at him, all she sees is a thirsty man. But there's some progressive revelation that goes on. She sees a thirsty man. And then after she sees a thirsty man, she realizes he's more than a man. He, he, he's a Jewish man. Then she realizes he's, a, 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 he, he's a, an amazing Jewish man. He's an extraordinary Jewish man. And then she realizes, wait a second, he's a teacher. He's a rabbi. Then then she says, you must be a prophet. How do you know I've had five husbands? <laughs> he knows what you've been doing. <laughs> he knows what you've been doing. He knows what you've been doing, and he knows the motives you're doing it for. You can't hide anything from the all-seeing eye of God. You might be able to fool me. What does that get you? <laughs> might be able to fool them. What, what does that accomplish? You can't fool him. He's the one going to sit in judgment one day over your life. She says, he, he's a rabbi. He, you're a prophet. And then finally she recognized uh, as her season changes, uh, she recognized he's not just a prophet, uh, but he is the Messiah come to save the world. Uh, can I tell you, the longer you look at him, uh, the more beautiful he becomes. The longer you talk to him, the more profound he becomes. The longer you entertain his presence, the more change you realize can happen. God is in this place, and he's not here just to patty cake or play games with somebody. He's here to let you know he has a new season for you to step into. For somebody... He wants this to be your season of starting over. For somebody, he wants this to be your season of starting fresh. For somebody in this room, he wants this to be your season of a new beginning. He wants this to be your season of a fresh chance. Somebody lift up your voice to the Lord right now all across this room. Would you do that? In the name of Jesus, Lord, by the power of your spirit, 
I pray in the name of Jesus that you would let us know that your presence is able to move in whatever season we are in. Hallelujah. Some of you are in a season where you are grappling with your history. You're grappling with past. You're wrestling with what you did. Your history speaks to you and says, they don't know, but, but you know. <laughs> they don't see, but you know. Some of you are here in a season of, of perpetual hurt. Not what you did, but what someone did to you. Hurts that produce wounds and betrayal and vulnerability and make it hard to trust. Some, somebody here, you're stuck in a season because you can't trust nobody anymore. Hurt. Somebody here, you're in a season out of habit. You've got some bondage in your life, some things you continue to do, some habits you still struggle with. You've tried to overcome, you've prayed, you've tried to come out of them, but, but you're stuck in a season of habit. You can't seem to stop it. You can't seem to overcome it. And you feel like you're stuck. I'm preaching to somebody who feels like you can't go any further in God who feels like there's not much left who feels like where do I go from here and 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 I'm your your feelings are legitimate but your feelings are not facts your feelings are legitimate but but your feelings are not necessarily facts you know what changes your feelings uh, your faith in God has the power to override your feeling about your life. I said your faith in God has the power to override your feeling about your life. Because if you're the lame man laying in sickness, your feeling says it's going to be like this forever. But God says, I can make you whole. I can give you new life. If you're the woman at the well, your feeling says, I have messed up. I have made a mess. My history is not a good one. That's your feelings. But the fact is, Jesus comes to the well and says, I can give you a drink of water, the likes of which you've never had before. And if you drink of this water, you will never thirst again. Your feelings if you're Nicodemus. Your feelings if you're Nicodemus say, you know what, my time has passed. I'm preaching to somebody right now that maybe you got out of ministry a long time ago. Maybe you got out of involvement a long time ago. And your feeling says, my time has passed. I'm telling you, your feelings are legitimate, but they are not facts. I'm not denying you feel that way. I'm saying if there's breath in your body, God's not done with you yet. 
I'm preaching to somebody that like Nicodemus maybe you say I've done my time I've taught in the synagogues I've done all of this stuff I've, I've done all this stuff but oh if there could be a flicker a flame of fire somewhere in your soul that would ignite for more of him that would cause you to break out and begin to seek him you would find that he is the God of your tomorrow Nicodemus and this God this God is able to forgive your past he's able to heal your hurts and he's able to free you from your habits this God is able to reach down by the side of the road this God is able to reach down at your well this God is able to reach you wherever you're at and tell you I am the God of your tomorrow how do I get into this new season how do I get into this new place I'll tell you it's what he told Nicodemus he said Nicodemus you must be born again of the water and of the spirit or you can't even see the kingdom of God now I'm not just preaching to those that have never repented of their sins those that have never been baptized in Jesus name or filled with the spirit but if that's you here today if you've never repented Jesus is ready to forgive you we've got water we can in fact we've got two baptisms already that we're gonna two people that I know of uh, maybe more that we're gonna baptize in just a few minutes But if you've never been baptized in Jesus' name, you can enter into a new season. If you've never been filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost uh, with the Bible evidence of speaking with other tongues, you can enter into a new season uh, of your life today. But hear me, wherever you're at, uh, whether your need is spiritual like Nicodemus, uh, whether it's emotional like the woman at the well, or whether it's physical like the man at the pool of Bethesda, Jesus is able to meet you right where you're at. Uh, he is the God of your season, uh, and He is the God of your tomorrow. Would you stand together with me? Would you lift up your hands all across this room? Would you lift up your hands? Would you lift up your voice all across this house? And I tell you in Jesus' name that God's not done with you yet. I tell you in Jesus' name that if you will seek Him with the hunger of a Nicodemus, if you will seek him with the dependency of the man at the pool, if you will seek him with the humility of the woman at the well, you will find him today. If you will seek him with the hunger of a man that doesn't care what he looks like but steps out at night and says, I'm going to go find Jesus. If you will seek him with the dependency of a man on a pool that says I can't do this on my own I don't have anybody to put me in the pool if you'll seek him with that level of dependency and if you'll seek him with the level of humility of the woman at the well that looks at her own life and her own story and says I am not good enough I'll never be good enough I don't have all the answers I don't have the solution to my problems I've made a mess of my life but if you'll come to him humbly and seek him like that you will find that he is the God of your season. You will find that he's the God of not only your today, but he's the God of your yesterday. And he wants to be the God of your tomorrow. Would you bow your heads all across this room? The presence of God is in this place. This altar is open. I'm inviting anyone that would to come and to pray right now. If you want more of God in your life, if you've never repented of your sins, if you've never been filled with the gift of the Spirit, 
if you just say, God, I need something new in my life. God, I'm tired of struggling. God, I'm tired. I'm tired of being lonely. I'm tired of being sick. I'm tired of suffering. God, I want your presence in my life. His presence is for you today. He'll meet you here. I invite you to step out of where you're at. Come as close as you can. And would you lift up your hands? And would you lift up your voice all across this room?